0: Four. I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way, girls. I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want Look, if I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast
1: what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Bailey, and I'm excited for our guest today. Uh, Incredible conversation that we had with uh, our guest from Chicago, Illinois. Her name is Shelly Paxton, and uh, Shelly is a Chicago-based author, international speaker, and transformational coach. She spent 26 years as a highly regarded marketing and advertising exec, stewarding some of the world's most iconic brands, including Harley-Davidson, Visa, McDonald's, and AOL. And in 2016, she left the corporate world to launch her own company with the mission to liberate souls of leaders and organizations by inspiring them to realize their greatest purpose and potential. Uh, it was, it was a fun story. Um, incredible story, her path to, to get to where she's at and what she has going on. She just released a book called Soul Batical. And that is, uh, with two B's and one T's S O U L B B A T I C A L, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. You can get that at, uh, bookshop.org is the best place especially right now if you're listening to this shortly after it was released with the pandemic going on amazon is uh is a little bit slow on the non-essential items so go to bookshop.org pick up Soul soulbatical uh, you can check her out at soulbatical.com also uh, at soulbatical on instagram for more info and to follow shelley incredible story with that i'm excited to introduce you to shelley paxton hey what's up everybody welcome back to the championship leadership podcast and i'm excited for our guest today from chicago illinois shelly paxton and uh she's on a mission right now to liberate one billion souls new book out uh in january just this, and it's uh just for you guys listening it is april 7th 2020 which also puts us right in the middle of this huge pandemic that we got going on with COVID 19 but uh her book Sobatical a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life and and i just so appreciative that uh shelly you you're here to join us today thank you so much
2: yeah thanks for having me i'm super grateful to be on i love what you're doing
1: yeah thank you um so i know you've listened to a few episodes that i do like to kick off our conversation by asking uh championship leadership's the name of the show what does that mean to you when you hear it because i know the first time i heard championship leadership a good friend of mine kind of recommended it i wasn't sure at the, at the moment but i love the answers that i get from from the different guests that we have so what does it mean for you
2: oh yeah and I, uh, to me it's like such a great question for the moment in time that we're sitting yeah. in right right and i think championship leadership has a few different facets i think it's wholehearted right wholehearted leadership is showing our humanity and bringing our whole selves to our leadership and that yeah. vulnerability and i think we need it more than ever in leading in a crisis mm-hmm. i think it's courageous and i think it is being in profound service so whether it's clients customers you know team members i really think that's an important there's a, there's a lot of talk around servant servant leadership and i think it's so important now more than ever so that's a, I think that's a piece of it. And actually, I was thinking about this earlier today. Something I've been talking about really ties into this. I also think championship leadership is taking a page out of the book of professional and elite athletes, right? One of the things yeah. they're so good at that we need so much right now and always is this whole kind of rally and recovery mentality. Elite athletes get so good at what they do because they actually take the downtime and in yeah. business we're we're not great at that right yeah,
1: right so i would right.
2: love for people to take away that a big part of leadership is knowing when it's time to rest and recover for you for your family for your teams for your you know for your clients i think that's really important
1: yeah i think well yeah it's, and we kind of we we are being forced to do that right now right we're such a go 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 information at our fingertips making posts to social media for likes and comments and instant feedback we go, we want something we go to amazon and we click it and it's at a we you almost forget that you you ordered it and the next day it's there's that box sitting at your doorstep and you're all excited like uh yeah we've lost touch with i think being present and having some patience and really enjoying life and this pandemic has definitely done that for i think most of us um you know there was something A good friend of mine posted, it was a poem that somebody had written like in 1856 that must have been like a a pandemic going on at that time as well. And then it resurfaced in 1918, again, with the Spanish flu. And uh, it just talks about how like, and then they they were forced to stay home and they rested and and they read and they spent time with family and and the earth was able to like rejuvenate and, and just all the good that really is going to come Absolutely. out. Of that. I think really I read that with you, right? same
2: one. Oh, it's so powerful. I think I read that same one. It was going around for a while and it's really yeah. beautiful. And yeah, I mean, I think we are a culture that's addicted to busyness. Yeah. We're addicted to busyness and moving a million miles an hour in the 35 mile an hour zone of life. Right. And this is a yep. call to slow down. And I personally, like I've been only quasi joking. I've been saying, is it quarantine or solbatical? <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Right. And I, you know, it's a little bit cheeky, but it's really coming from a place of like, I think this is a gift to a lot of people. And I get it. People who are on the front lines, the health workers, people who are running essential businesses in the midst of all of this. I mean, my wholehearted gratitude to all of you. And at the same time for the rest of us, this is, I believe, a call to reflect and reset.
1: Yes, it's a yeah.
2: huge opportunity for your, ourselves, for our families, for our businesses. If we're just willing to kind of sit and maybe just sit in stillness and quiet, mm-hmm. I've been telling people it's like, let's just commit to doing it, even for 15 minutes a day. Yeah, even if you just have to beg your kids to say, you know what, I'm gonna go sit by myself in a closet in the darkness <laughs> right. for 15 minutes. Just sit and find that signal inside of you again. Get reconnected with that little voice and listen to it. I think it's a powerful time to do that.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I've, I've felt it. It's definitely, I, I feel it in my home. I have three kids, you know, married, three kids, and the family's home. My wife is home. Um, so there really is some incredible gifts. Um, you know, I know there's a, some incredible economic, uh, stresses too, for a lot of people as well, which, you know, can make it hard to find those gifts, but there always are those gifts for us. Yes. Maybe talk to us about you and a little bit more about your story and kind of how, how you've gotten on the path to where you are today, which is, you know, with the book, Sobaticals, um, you know, check her out, definitely sobatical.com. Um, but, but yeah, what, what, what puts you on this journey, this mission that you're on today?
2: yeah i'll, I know, I'll right? do the abridged version of <laughs> exactly i'm like whoo that's a juicy one how many hours do you have <laughs> So knowing that we have a limited amount of time and uh and headspace here's the short version i mean the short version is i have lived a life of incredible you know good fortune and privilege you know I went to I, we were talking about minnesota i'm from minnesota right. where you are and You know, I've had like had a great upbringing and, you know, upper middle class upbringing and I went to a great college and I, I had this 26 year corporate career and I've worked for some of the most iconic brands on the agency side, on the publisher side, and then You know, I've worked for Visa and McDonald's and AOL and just some epic brands, right? And my last, and I was joking earlier that I'm wearing a Harley Davidson t-shirt right now because I was feeling particularly rebellious this morning. (laughs) Um, My last gig in the corporate world was as essentially as chief marketing officer of Harley Davidson. Yeah. I mean, it is like, when you think about what does the pinnacle of success look like in the marketing and advertising world? Well, running marketing globally for one of the most iconic brands in the world, the brand that people tattoo on their bodies, yeah, I'd say right. that gets pretty close to it, Absolutely. right? It was yeah. an absolute, you know, it was, and it was, um, it was an honor to steward the Harley-Davidson brand. But what I talk about in the book is what was going on for many decades before that is, you know, the universe was sending me signs. I was like going through illness and a really pretty horrific divorce. And I was starting to really, in my time at Harley, really numb out. I was realizing I was living a life that was out of alignment with myself, that I wasn't necessarily listening to that little voice inside that said, are you really on chasing your dream or are you chasing someone else's? And for me, I came to this realization that I was actually kind of living in my dad's footsteps and chasing my dad's dream. And I've heard from so many people that they can relate to that story. Yeah. And what happened, because I wasn't listening, so I was, you know, I was doing the busyness thing. I was doing the, doing the emotional eating thing. I was drinking at least a bottle of wine a night. I was doing everything I could to just push those feelings down, which is what I really encourage people right now. Don't push all those feelings down, sit with them. Part of the gift is in sitting with those feelings and listening, and just and, and working through it. And so I wasn't taking my own medicine at that time. <laughs> and uh, what ended up happening for me is I, I ended up like the universe kind of intervened and would rip me out of my sleep like five nights a week. Wow. And I was having this, this really, really horrible nightmare that ended up being the thing that reminded me that I was uh, neglecting my own soul. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't loving it, I wasn't listening to it, I wasn't nurturing it, I wasn't even really acknowledging it because I was living out out in the outer world. I was ticking all the boxes of traditional success, everything looked really shiny on the outside, and yet I was feeling really unfulfilled. Even though I had all these things and these titles and this money in my life, I was feeling empty on the inside. And that was my wake-up call to go on what, you know, that's the super abridged version, but that was my wake-up call to go on a journey that felt really scary. And some days still does. I mean, let's be honest. You know, the wake-up call for me was, I really need to give myself a chance to explore this more deeply. And so one morning I woke up and I said, I'm going to leave Harley. I'm going to become chief soul officer of my own life. I created this title for myself, so I would take it seriously. Yeah, I love that. And I invented the term "sabbatical" to try to help other people, by the way, who all thought I had lost my mind. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> all thought I was sure. crazy yeah. for willingly walking away from this kind of job and company and iconic brand. And yet I knew it was the right thing to do to say, I don't know if this is going to be, you know, I said 12 months. But I'm going to invest in the possibility of my future self, and I'm going to do this deep exploration to really get clear on who I am, what I want, and the impact I want to have in the world. And that's what became my sabbatical journey.
1: And how long? Uh, when did you go on that journey?
2: So I left Harley in September of 2016. So three okay. and a half ish yeah. years ago. And I set out. When I set out, I said it was going to be a 12 month journey. Sure. And I didn't know where I was going. I only knew kind of one right, you know, one foot in front of the yeah. other, see yeah. what the universe reveals. And what I learned, you know, two and a half years later, through a whole lot of journeying externally and internally and a real tragedy in my family with my dad falling from two um, massive brain hemorrhages. He's still mm-hmm. with us today, still recovering after two and a half years what became really really clear to me is that solbatical is actually my calling that yeah. my that's where the liberate a billion souls comes from because i realized you know what solbatical doesn't mean leaving your job it means finding yourself yeah it means rebelling not against things which is what i always did when i was young i was like <laughs> yeah, i right. was a, a hellion <laughs> when i was young it now means rebelling for our authenticity, our courage and our purpose in the world. So we have to do the deep work to understand that. So I would tell anybody who's watching or listening to this that, you know, this is why it's so it's so important to use this moment and time that we have to do a little bit of this, you know, mining and auditing of our lives as we're sitting here and saying, you know, what's working? What's not working? What's feeding mm-hmm. my soul? What might be missing? Yeah. What do I want the new normal to look like? Yeah. You know, how do I want to consciously grow in this moment? Because I'll be honest, there's a lot of the old normal that I would happily live without.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
2: How do we yeah. use this moment yeah. to let some of that go? So anyway, I just fast forwarded to present time. Yeah. But that's the general gist yeah. of, the, uh, of the journey.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. And it's it's great because I think there are some you know I, I could resonate with your story, and uh, like you said, a lot of others obviously are resonating with that story as well and this is a time this is an opportunity we've been forced into this this sit in place type you know stay home which which you know there there are gifts and opportunities everywhere if we if we choose to be open to find them and to find that time to really kind of cut the cord a little bit and just kind of defrag, if you will, create some space for yourself, spend time with those that really matter most to you. And, and also it's, it's, it's forcing us probably financially not to be as frivolous, which also means we realize, Hey, we can actually get by on a lot less than we thought we were that, you know, we thought maybe that that would make us happy, but really what's making us happy, I think is the added connection that we're getting. Uh, if you are home with family and, you know, I know there are some that aren't, which can be a a really troubling time isolated, but, how is it that you found yourself? So you go on the sabbatical, you think it's going to be 12 months. It's three and a half years now and you're still, and you're still moving and you got a lot of momentum and great things happening. The book and, and the coaching and the speaking and, and everything that else that you're up to to really help and impact other people's lives that probably are going through similar experiences that you did. What was that moment? Or is there somebody in that time that really came into your life to, to maybe help and guide you like a coach, a mentor, to help you get on the path that you're on today?
2: Yeah. The, so I've had brilliant coaches and brilliant mentors. And I want to talk about the real kind of defining moment that got me on the path yeah. that I'm on now. So I went when I was at Harley, I had a coach who really helped me to get clear on what I wanted to create in my life and started to help me get clear on who I am. And so that helped me, you know, in addition to experiencing this nightmare, I was working with her to get clarity. So no doubt, 100% that, you know, she couldn't feed me courage. (laughs) You know, she couldn't take away my fear, but she helped me get really clear that there was a massive gap between what I was doing, which looked super sexy and what was really going to feed my soul. Yeah. And so with that in mind, I was started on this journey. So she was a pivotal figure. Um, I have had, you know, female bosses who've become mentors and friends. One I write about in the book because she actually passed away while I was finishing writing the book. She was diagnosed with ALS Lou Gehrig's disease and, a year later, we lost her. She just went like that in her sleep. And it was tragic. And I get goosebumps when I talk about it. But you know, when I think about championship leadership, when I think about courageous leadership, Janet was it. She was the person who was like the same person in every room. She let her soul guide her way. She was just a, a champion for women in leadership. And she was always with me. And now I know she is always with me and sort of guiding me on this journey. And it's really powerful. And, and the defining moment for me to really answer your question was a moment I remember so clearly sitting with my dad. So my dad has these two severe strokes. So just to provide some context, my dad's first stroke was about eight months into my soldatical. So I was journeying all over the world. I was doing the deep work. I was really exploring like, my, myself and, and coming to terms with my own identity as Shelly Paxton, the iconic brand, right? Not Harley yeah. Davidson, not Visa, not McDonald's, but Shelly Paxton. And that's one thing I would encourage everybody to think about. It's like, how do we serve our own selves, right? If you think about it as yep. a brand. So after my dad had these two strokes, I, I paused everything And I went to help care for my parents and help him recover through ICUs and hospital stays and rehabilitation. And we finally, months and months later, got my parents back down to Naples, Florida, where they have a home and now it's their permanent home. And I remember my dad, I mean, just to give you a sense, my dad, these two strokes, I mean, they took everything from him. They took Mm. his ability to walk, his ability to talk, Read, write, you name it, the right side of his body paralyzed. And yet he was starting to fight back. And we got him to this place and we were sitting by the pool one day and he grabbed my hand. And it was like in this lucid moment, he remembered how to speak again and he could find the language, you know, vocabulary in that vault. And he looked at me and he said, You know, I made the choice to live. Wow. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, there was so <laughs> yeah. much emotion in that moment Holy because I thought that. I didn't even know that you knew. I mean, I, I just thought, you know, his brain was so damaged that I wasn't clear that he had ever really known he was in that place and that it was an active choice to mm. come back and be in that moment with us. And what he went on to explain is that He, when the second stroke happened, the one that kind of robbed him of his spirit, his livelihood, his really his desire to live. And he went dark. He said, in that moment, I said, I'm done. I've lived an incredibly accomplished life. I have a beautiful family. I have, my family is well taken care of and I've done everything I was here to do. I'm ready to go. By this time, it's like tears are streaming down my face. And I was like, okay, tell me more. And he said, and then a couple days later, as he recalls it, he woke up and he said, no, you know what? I have work to do in the world and it's different work this time. It's not the corporate work. And my dad was still on six boards and all this stuff when all, when the first stroke went down, Mm -hmm. he's starting to realize that the impact he can have in the world looks very different. And for me in that moment, I went, oh my God, dad. I just grabbed his hand, squeezed it tight. And I said, I understand this whole journey I've been on now. And I understand that you and I are now aligned on the same journey. And that's that we've been living business our whole lives. And now we're shifting to the business of living. Yeah. And it made it so clear to me that this was my mission. And from that moment forward, I knew that I was going to make this into something and that it was my calling to help other people in these moments and find these selves and create the life that they want to live and didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. I still kind of cobble it together piece by piece. Um, But that was such a defining moment in my life that eventually became Soulbatical, the business, the movement, the book, and all of the things that I'm doing today.
1: Yeah, that's such a powerful experience. Thank you for sharing that. I can't even imagine yeah, the emotions that you had to go through in, the, in that time. But, but I can see how that could definitely help to define like where you are today, right? What is, uh, what is the vision? You started to talk a little bit about it and how you, you kind of are still piecing it together. And I think that's pretty fair for a lot of us. Like We have a good vision of where we want to go, but we don't know exactly how it's going to happen or how it's going to play out but I do believe the championship leaders have an incredible vision and like, it's a different vision than many are able to see, right? They just were able to see different things that others can't. And then you have the courage to take action on it. Kind of like, you know, when you initially take your first sabbatical before it's a soul uh, before you had a term for it. And yeah. uh, they're like, what are you doing? What's going on? You know, from the outside looking in, it looked like you were, you were great, but yet, you know, inside it's a little bit different. So, Um, if you can, what, what is kind of the vision of you? I know, I know there's the, you want to liberate a billion souls, which is, which is an incredible vision for sure, but maybe talk a little bit more detail on on what the impact is you want to make.
2: Yeah. So that, I mean, I wanted to go back to that because, and maybe just reframe it a little bit. So the way I think about it, and maybe this will resonate with some people is I think about as a mission, the Mm -hmm. place where I want to come from. So everything I do now is like leadership from the inside out. And I really feel like that's what I'm also coaching on is life and leadership from the inside out, right? Let's do the house cleaning inside and get really clear and get clear on the things we're pretending not to know and who we are and what a truly authentic life looks like. So for me, the inside out is... I am on a mission, yeah, to liberate a billion souls. I can't do it on my own. So what I wanna do is spark this movement, right? That's what I'm doing at this moment. It's one yeah. of the reasons I wrote this book. I mean, let's be honest, like books don't make you money. This isn't a right. money making endeavor whatsoever. Yeah. This is truly coming from the depths of my soul to say, and I started the book this way, I said, you know what? I wish when I had left Harley, that somebody would have put an arm around me and just said, I got you. Yeah. And I want to do that for people, you know, whether it's simply through the book, whether that's through experiences that I create, whether that's through one-on-one or group coaching and who knows where it goes, whether that's through speaking, right? All of those things, it really comes from that place of, I got you. I know what it feels like to feel like you're just like your life isn't aligned and it's creating so much stress and anxiety and tension that it's day by day, it's kind of killing you, right? This yeah. is the thing that starts to stress out our nervous system and compromise our immune system. And especially in this moment in time, we've got to be looking out for that stuff. So that's my, I mean, that feels like a pretty big mission vision. Definitely to, to me. Right. And so now it's just, taking the next right step each moment of the way. I'll tell you, I am in a place, I am entirely in a place right now of surrendering. I know I can't control what's going on out there. I'm controlling the things I can control. And then I'm showing up and I'm serving my ass off to people. And I'm yeah. playing the long game because I know yeah. my mission is the long game as well. I have no time horizon. It could be a 25 year mission. And that's okay with me one step yeah. at a time. And this feels like a really freaking good place to start.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, the great, the great championship leaders, great leaders, they, it is, it's all about just you can't force anything right you just continue to show up the way you that you know how to show up and and as who you know to show up as and and that just this belief or faith that it, it will happen you will impact people uh, along that way if you stay true to yourself like that so
2: yeah and trusting right i think yeah. there's it's the hardest thing in the world to do to just say i trust but if i think about and i offer this up to anybody who's listening if I think about like, okay, I walked out the door from Harley Davidson three and a half years ago, not having any idea that today you and I would be sitting having this conversation. Yeah. I'd have a book that was just published you know, three months <laughs> ago. I would be, you know, I'd have this business and I would be, you know, a coach and a speaker and an, a published author. I had right. no idea. Yeah. I simply trusted that this was all going to head in the right direction. Like you said, if I was I continued to be true to myself. I believe the universe opens those doors like one at a time, and we can't possibly see those in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think it's a really good time to kind of settle in. And I've been I've been coaching people to say, you know, sort of goes back to what I said earlier in the conversation, like how can we embrace this time um, in terms of how we want to consciously grow. Yeah, Because we grow from crisis, period. We always yeah. do. We grow from crisis and like the tragedy that I talked about with my dad, like just the crystallization, the clarity, the growth that came from seeing my dad through, you know, these many years of recovering from his strokes have been such a gift to me. And, you know, yeah. I hate I hate to say it that way, but it's truth. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would love all of us to say, as we're in this and we don't know when we're coming out of this, how do we want to consciously grow? Like, what is your intention in this moment? And what of your strengths and your gifts and your talents can you embrace to be serving in this moment? Yourself, your family, the broader community. I mean, I just love seeing what people are sharing. And some of my friends who I didn't even know were like, singers or sewers or all of these things are like coming out of the woodwork and it's so beautiful to witness
1: yeah absolutely i love that and uh yeah that's 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 a great point you know you get to really see more of what people i think are really all about during these times and uh hopefully it continues right you know you can look back to 2001 a little bit 9 11 and you know, sometimes you feel like, yeah, it, it lasted for a short time and then kind of got back to where we are. So that would maybe be my, my hope or challenge to people is to remember the gifts that we have right now. And some of the things that we've really the realization of what's really important to us to hang on to those as we come out of this, because we will come out of it. Right. Yeah, so.
2: we will. And, and, and one thing is for sure. It will look different. Yes. Right? And it will demand, you know, it will demand a wholehearted, courageous and, and servant leader. Mm -hmm. Like it will, I think the face of leadership is changing through this. Yeah. And hopefully beyond this as well. That's a really important thing to realize. And for people to sit with, I think we said it earlier, what don't we want to bring with us into the new normal?
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: What, you know, what are you discovering about yourself, your business, your family that you're ready to let go of?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What do you want to create more of? I just I think this is sort of like we're going to come out of our cocoons like a whole new butterfly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's great. That's that's uh, that's encouraging as well, because I think we all all you know, it's, it's important to continue to change and grow and, and evolve um, so that we just don't go sink back to where we were before. Appreciate you being here today, Shelly. Um, I do have one last question for you here before we wrap up, but, uh, thank you so much for the time so far. It's, I really enjoyed the conversation. What, uh, what is one thing or two things, one or two things that if you could give the listeners and they were to implement today, they would actually help move themselves forward in their life today.
2: Ooh, that's a good one. So two, two things. Um, one is, Embrace my mantra. So I said before, like I was always the rebel, rebelling against everything. Yeah. And now I rebel for. Yeah. And I, in the process of writing my book, I crystallized something that has become my mantra, and I'm going to offer it up to everybody. And that is, authenticity is the truest form of rebellion.
1: Mm. I love that. That's yeah. That's so true. Never and embracing
2: right, yeah. embracing that. Is like, okay, well, then what does that bring to your life? What does that bring to your leadership? Mm-hmm. And that feels it's so empowering. So maybe just try that on and play with it. That's what yeah. I would say to yeah. I would say to everyone. And you know, the second thing is maybe more of a tool, and it's a really good tool for right now. I write about it in my book, and it's the soul sucks versus the soul fuels exercise. And you've probably used something similar in your coaching as well. Mm-hmm. But this is such a good time going back to that idea of, you know, taking this time to reflect and do a bit of an audit on yep. your life and even your business. And so the soul sucks are what are those things that are in your life, the people, places, things, activities that are just draining you of energy. Yeah. And just, just like start, put your, put your pen or pencil down and just start writing for like five minutes, everything, stream of consciousness that comes to your mind. And then do the same thing on the set opposite side of the paper. What are the soul fuels in your life? Those things light your soul on fire that absolutely just bring you energy and passion and fuel you, right? And just do the same thing. Do that list and then just take a step back. Let it sink in and ask yourself, like, you know, what surprises you? What inspires you? Right? go Just go yeah. through that exercise. Now is the time to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say that. Like, now's the time to do that. You, people like to say they don't have the time f- for that type of stuff, but you don't have the time not to. And we have the time right now to do that. So, yeah, such an important exercise. I would challenge all of you that are listening to definitely take some time to do that. Thank you so much, Shelly, for being here today. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, what are just a few ways we can follow you? Of course, uh, we've got some of this linked up in the, in the intro as well. But um, yeah, just as we leave here, um, that we can follow you.
2: Well, thank you for having
1: me. And the quick and and easy is my website
2: is soulbatical.com. Soulbatical has two Bs and one T. Um, And on there, you can find my newsletter. I send out a Soul Fuel newsletter, the first Sunday of every month, which is really fun. It's like just, you know, some inspiration from me to you. Uh, You can find my book anywhere. Google Soulbatical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. I would say in this moment in time go to bookshop.org which is actually supporting like the, the proceeds from the book sales not just my book okay. go to supporting indie bookshops so they survive and thrive during this crisis. We'll
1: get that book, looked up Yeah, bookshop.org is well.
2: is yeah. awesome and especially since Amazon's slowing down non-essential shipments. Yeah. That's a great way and then on the socials, at Soulbatical on Instagram is kind of my playground and yep. Soulbatical Coaching on, on Facebook.
1: Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Shelly. Have a great day.
2: Yeah, thank you. Let's
0: go. Let's go. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say. Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, he was all alone. a marriage has never been better than this and we got three kids that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way girls I'm a firm believer we can do anything we want look, look if I said it then I meant it I probably already did it consider it done consider it done if you need some inspiration you should play this championship leadership podcast